Good morning, 3W. It's Pastor David here, lead pastor at 3W Church. It is such an honor that you have joined us this morning, all of you that are here in the building and also those that are tuning in online. I want to just remind you over the next few seconds of what the vision of our church is, of the reason why we exist. We exist to equip the body of Christ, to live a lifestyle of worship that will cause change. See, you and I, everything that we do is worship unto God. And as we are living a life that honors God, people are impacted. And impacted in which way? In a desire to want to know who God is. We do that through our services and our small groups, and we encourage you, plug in, especially to having daily encounters with the presence of God right there in your own homes. So this morning, as we go into week three of Summer Road Trip, I want to ask our brother, Pastor Fernie, to come up to the altar, and he is going to go ahead and take us to our next stop on this Summer Road Trip. Man, you know, we serve a good God. And I've been excited in this uh, summer road trip. I mean, God has really, uh, you know, sharpened us. God has really spoken to us. I mean, he's deposited a word in, uh, in Pastor Jose as he opened up uh, the summer road trip and, and through Alexa, both in the Spanish and the English service. And let me tell you, I'm so excited for what God is doing. Can we give him a clap offering? I didn't want to leave this moment without uh, saying thank you to you, uh, those of you who have, uh, you know, reached out to, to my wife and I and encouraged us and prayed. You, you know, we're, we're foolish people to think that we can do life alone. And if you're in here this morning and, and you... And you feel or you think or you believe for whatever reason that, that, that either you don't need God or, or that you don't need others. It's foolish. Uh, those of you in our online campus, if you feel or you think or you believe that, that you know, oh, you know, I can do things my own or uh, by myself, it's foolish. Because we haven't been created to do life alone. God has given us his spirit to empower us, to strengthen us to encourage us, and he has surrounded us with people to lift up our hands when we are weak. And to say that we don't need somebody or, or, or where we're in a place in a life where we feel that, that we can't learn from somebody is foolish. That's, that doesn't come from God's spirit. And I thank you, we thank you for encouraging us for praying for us, for being there for us. Because truthfully, I know, we know that we need God and we need others. And that's biblical. Amen? Amen. So thank you. I, did not, I wanted to make sure that I did not leave without saying thank you. And if I have not or we have not reached back out to you, we're sorry we've been trying to. All right? So we've been trying to, so I wanted to make sure that we said thank you. So today's lesson is spirit lead. So when I say spirit, you say lead. Spirit. Lead. Those of you online, when I say spirit, type in their lead. Spirit. Lead. Spirit. 
We need to allow the Spirit to lead. We need to allow the Spirit to lead. And that's an important lesson because we are a people that like control. And if you're anything remotely close to me, which I'm sure you are, we want things our way, when we want it, how we want it, and as many times as we want it, right? So help us God. We do. And, and you know when we say, okay, so, so, so we all have a prayer life, or at least we should. And you know, we usually say, amen. In other words, let it be done. May it be so. Is that true? God, I need your guidance through this. Amen. May you guide me. That's what we're saying, right? But then we in turn go and we do our own thing. Spirit. Spirit. Lead. And that's extremely important that we understand that. Because a lot of the times, many times, our prayers don't match with our actions. And it's important that you and I, that our prayer lives match our actions. Because the reality is this, that the route or the way that we are walking, that is truly where our belief system is at. That's our stance in our belief. You know, we're singing this song. Worship. Can we give a, a clap offering to the worship team? Man, those guys are awesome. And they rock. And we're singing this morning on how he, God turns things, right? For good. But we're missing something. He just doesn't turn it for good. He turns it for the saving of many lives. And did you know that that's the kingdom-minded? It's understanding that we just don't experience things so that God can display his power, demonstrate his power in our lives, but it's so that in turn, others can see it and glorify him also. By the way, that's not even part of my preaching today. But I know it's for somebody because spirit lead and I'm being obedient to it. Spirit lead. So today I want to talk to you about Acts chapter 8 verse 26. Well, you see, the Samaritans were a mixed blood. The, the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. It's similar sometimes how you and I deal with Sinners or non-believers, we have no dealing with them because they're not believers. But we see, obviously, Jesus, when he's dealing with a woman at the well, that, 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 that broke off right there. See, because Jesus understands this, and that is that people need him. Amen. And unfortunately, sadly, you and I haven't gotten to that point in our Christian walk. To understand that concept, and I'll tell you why. You're going to get mad at me, but I don't care. <laughs> I've never cared for people to get mad at me for telling you the truth. Amen. 
So if it itches, you need to scratch. If it hurts, rub it. But it's because you haven't gotten to the point to remember in the state in which you were in before he came into your life. So, so let's get going. Verse 26. Okay? So there was a, a great spiritual awakening that was happening here in Samaria before the spirit actually moved Philip. And it says, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. You know that in order for God to speak to you, you need to have a relationship with him? Somewhere you got that? Saying, arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. God just, God just literally told this guy, Philip, right? He told him to leave a place of spiritual fertility to a barren one. Can you believe that? Everything is going awesome and great here, and God says, move. Some of you are looking at me like, I ain't happy with that one. Hmm, okay. Well, adjustments in life need to be made in order for you and I to join God in what he is doing. We have to make adjustments. If you're not good with adjustments, man, then let me tell you, start preparing yourself because God is all about adjusting. In order for you to be able to join God in what he's doing, you have to be able to adjust. And you know, every single one of us in here shares common things. God fills what is empty. Any of you ever here been fill, uh, empty and God filled you? Anybody? Yes. Any of you online ever been empty and God filled you? And the, well, the great things about God here is that God not, not only repairs those things that are out of order in your life, but did you also know that when whatever it is that God removes, he also replaces. But, but we're so stuck in our moment, right? It's like, God, how dare you take this from me? And not understanding that he's, he's replacing it. You know, what do you all do when your TV breaks? Buy another one? No, you buy a better one. Because that old stuff is not good anymore. So you buy better. And don't you understand that when God removes something, it's because he's replacing it with something better? Come on. You would clap offering to God. I'm telling you, this, this is exciting stuff for you. But you know what happens? We focus so much on the things that seem good that we miss out on the better. We hold on to the things that seem better. And God says, I don't want that for you. Oh, but God, no, it's good. And the Lord says, no, I have something better. I have something better. 
You know, I remember the story of Abraham and Lot. And, and, and you see, uh, they, they were growing so much that there was just not enough room for both of them. So arguments started arising for, between the shepherds and things like that. And, and then Abraham goes, hey, look, Lot, let, 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 let's fix this. Okay? Look, if you go left, I'm going to go to the right. If you go to the right, I'm going to go to the left. So Lot's like, wait, hold on for a moment. I get to pick, Abraham? Yeah, you pick. And he picks the side of the Jordan, the, the, the side that was well watered, the side that was productive, fruitful, right? That's what he picked. He thought, right? He felt that that was good. That's why he selected it. But you know what? It was adjacent to Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you don't know that story, Sodom and Gomorrah were later on destroyed by God. As a matter of fact, the angel came and he and told and told Lot to take his family. And as a matter of fact, it came to a time where he had to like actually take them. And, and then and then even then Lot was fighting and saying, Well, can, can I don't think we're gonna be quick enough, fast enough. Can can we do be in the you know, at least end up in the land of Zor? Can can we just at least make it there? And the angel said, Hey man, listen. Just run for your life. Hey, man, listen, just don't look back. Actually, don't even stop. Just run to the mountain. Run, rabbit, run. And if you know the story, Lot's wife looked back, and she turned to a pillar of salt. I always wonder. I think those are one of the questions that I'm going to ask when I get into heaven. What was it about Sodom and Gomorrah that she felt the need to look back? Lord, but it was good. But I have something better. Maybe it was the cafecito at 12 o'clock <laughs> with all the ladies. It wasn't a Bible study. I don't know. I don't, I don't, she turned to a star. I don't know. There was something that she and, and she felt that esteemed that it was good. And God all along was saying, I got something better. But that's not what she wanted. And ultimately, it brought destruction to her. Pride, guys. Pride comes before the fall. Because pride leads you to sin. And the stubbornness will always keep you there. If you did not get that, those of you online, if you did not get that, pride leads you to sin. And stubbornness keeps you there. You see, because when you and I experience the work of God, we won't be content with the good things in life. We will want the best and the better things that God has for us. And did you all know that God's invitation for you and for me to work with him requires faith? And it requires action. I'll show you. Verse 27. So he arose and went. If you notice, there was no delay. 
Some of us here, God speaks to you, and you're wondering, oh, well, Lord, is it you? Is really? When God speaks, it's clear. Go to his word. He's very clear. Because, you see, God will never lead you where he won't provide for you. That, that's, that's, that's biblical. That's in scripture. And if you today are here, it's because you believe in the full gospel. You believe in the full, inerrant word of God that is not fallible. It's, it's without error. It's infallible. There's no mistake. It is inspired by God. So he arose and he went. Do you know that faith in God means being ready to move without an explanation? How many of you have kids today? Yeah? You tell them something. Why? How come? When? This? They always want an explanation. We don't need an explanation. What you need is faith and obedience to do what he's asking you to do. Because God is inviting you to be involved in his work with him. He doesn't just tell you to do something and leaves you alone. He's inviting you to work with him in his work. And it continues. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch. This man was an important military or political official of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charged out of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. So this man here apparently must have been a convert to Judaism. And we know that because why? Because he came to worship to Jerusalem. All right? So we know that fact. Verse 28. He was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, look, you notice, and the spirit said to Philip, We got to fine tune ourselves. Because the Spirit says to you, Spirit, Spirit, says, Go near and overtake this chariot. People who are led by God's Spirit, did you know that we look for God moments? We also call them divine appointments. We look for God to move, right? For God moments, divine appointments. Why is that? Because God will do whatever it takes. Church, whatever it takes to give you, to give me, to give us, to give others the opportunity to hear from him. Do you know why? Because he pursues a loving relationship with people. We serve a relational God, a God that wants to have a relationship with you. 
And you know how you also know that? Not just because Jesus died on the cross, but because of the fact that you continue to ignore him and he still pursues you. Come on now, guys. Some of us are married. Come on now, guys. Some of us here are in relationships. We ain't going to pursue somebody that doesn't want a relationship with us, right? We give up. You say, oh, forget you. You're not interested in me. Forget you. <laughs> and you know, ladies, I know what you tell each other. He ain't worth it. Come on now, humor me. Am I right? Am I right on? Yeah? He ain't worth it. He doesn't deserve you. Does God deserve you? But he wants you. And he doesn't need you to change. He doesn't need you to do anything. He doesn't need you to get ready. He doesn't need you to do this. He doesn't need you to do that. He just wants you. Just the way that you are. Because when you experience his love, you change. His love changes you. Verse 30. You guys excited today? So Philip ran to him. Man, I love this guy. This guy, like, if, if it'll be us, we look down and, oh, let me tie my shoes. Oh, let me stretch. Hold on, I got to get hydrated. Am I wearing my gym clothes? Let me go change. It's hot outside. Let me go to the AC a little bit. This, this guy didn't even hesitate, man. This guy just ran to him. And see, that verb is important. Watch me now. Watch this. And heard another verb. Him reading the prophet Isaiah. Did you all know that if he would have delayed, he would have missed out on the important message? Don't we understand that if you and I delay, we would miss out on the important message? That, that, that's why you can't miss prayer services. That, that's why you can't miss a, a Bible study. That's why you can't miss coming to church. Because you're going to miss on the important message. And don't miss it. If you would have delayed, right? Now he says, do you understand what you are reading? Spirit. So because he allowed the spirit to lead him, he was in a place where God could use him. Spirit, lead me, right? Verse 31. And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? How can I unless somebody guides me? You know that the spirit does not eliminate human teachers nor diligent study? It's actually given to make study more effective. So, so in other words, 
you need to read the Bible. You, you need to read scripture. You, you need to study God's word. You, you need to have the right teachers to help you understand what you are reading. Second Timothy 2.15 says this. Be diligent. Work hard to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, we've talked about discipleship, right? And the word discipleship is simply a learner. And as a believer, we have to constantly learn. And we learn not just through studying the word of God, right? But we also learn as the Lord places individuals, okay, in front of us to speak God's word, sound doctrine. And if you don't know what sound doctrine is, it's simply this, ready? The words established by Jesus and the apostles. A revelation, meaning a revealed truth. Got me? It's extremely important. Because some of us will go to YouTube and all these places to listen to Bozo the Clown. And we believe what he says because it tickled our ears. And then we go astray and then we, 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 we go into error. And false religion. Which, by the way, we're in a relationship, not in a religion. And then he asked as we continue. He asked Philip. To come up and sit with him. You know that some people will ask you or they will tell you directly, hey, I need your help. But there's others that won't. But they'll give you a sign that they need it. And you and I as believers, we just got to take every single opportunity for God to use us. And what's cool about this is that you, you know that that the same way that God sent Philip to help this man understand the scripture, did you know that in the same way he sends you? And you know what's even more cool about that? That he surrounds you as well with those to help you alike. Because we too need help. Oh yeah, we do. Oh, but you guys teach the Bible. That doesn't mean we have no need of help. Oh, but you guys know the Bible. That's half the battle. Application is the rest. We need help too. Every individual in here, every individual watching from our online campus, we need help. We can't do it alone. And he sends you. 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 And he sends us. But he also sends others to us. To help us alike. And you got to be open to that help. You got to be open 
to allow God to use those people to do what he has to do in your life. Verse 34. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? You know that there's always a but God moment? We just need to wait for it. We just need to look for that moment. Why? Because this opened the door for Philip to be able to share with this man on how these scriptures were fulfilled in detail in the life and in the death of Jesus. You see, God is always at work around you. He really is. God is always at work around you. And if you want to see God's activity... You have to cut all distractions. Because as long as you are distracted, you will, never be, you will never be able to see God's work around you, even though he's working. I'll say it again. As long as you don't cut the distractions, you will never be able to see God's work, even though he's still working around you. You don't see it because you're distracted. You don't see it because your priorities are in a different place. You don't see it because your desires are more for the things of this world than the things of the spirit. You don't see it because you're distracted. You don't see it because you have allowed things and you have allowed situations and you have allowed people to come foreign things. Things that don't belong. And that's why you can't see the activity of God. Because there's things that don't belong. You haven't taken them out. You've kept things in your drawer. You've kept things in your closet. You know what I'm talking about, your heart. You've kept things in the secret place that don't belong. And that's why you can't see the activity of God because you're distracted. And then you say, well, it's because I really don't know if that's really true. I don't know if I really believe that. No, it's because you're distracted. Because how come we so easily believe in other things? And we're not going to believe in a God who saves us? So hold on for a second. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, because I have to say this to you. This is so cool, really. So wait. So we believe. Wait, wait for it. Watch this. So we believe that Jesus is the son of God who came to earth, lived a perfect life, went to the cross, died for our sins, rose on the third day, and now it's at the right hand of the father, and we struggle that when he says, go, and we won't go because we can't believe that he'll provide? That's interesting. Well, Lord, you know, I don't know. Jesus, you are sure? That's what we do. 
But we believe. Do we believe? Do we believe? You see, because when you believe, you have to believe in the total and complete fullness. Not in just what I think or I believe or I feel that convenes me. Because the truth is this. I can't tell you that I hate to break it to you because I really don't. I, yeah, I'm not sensitive to that, but I'll just use it. I'd hate to break it to you, but a lot of the things, many of the things, probably all of the things that you and I feel, think, or believe that are good are not. Because God always has something better. And in our finite minds, we think that this is good, and God is saying, oh, boy, you don't even know. Eyes haven't seen, right? Ears haven't heard. Nor has entered the mind of the man the great and mighty things that God has for you. Can we believe that today? And we have to believe that. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at the scriptures. You notice this. So, what do you do when some, don't answer. Rhetorical, okay? <laughs> do not answer. So when somebody comes and asks you for advice, what do you tell them? Bueno, you know, I think that this, beginning at the scriptures, Do you want to advise somebody? Begin in the scriptures. Because that right there is the direction. That is where there's clarity. And then when you have, <laughs> when you began at the scripture, now you preach Jesus. Because he said, in beginning of the scripture, scripture, he preached Jesus to him. You see, the Jews were looking for this conquering king. This king that would come in this majestic and power and authority, right? Not, not this little weak little lamb, Jesus, to deliver them from the oppression of the Romans. As a matter of fact, you know what the Jews taught? The Jews taught that the suffering one was the nation of Israel. Oh, boy. But Philip here, he used this opportunity to explain to them the true meaning that it was Jesus, the suffering one. That it was Jesus, the one who had to suffer and go to the cross for the sins of all humanity. That's what he did. That's what you and I have to do. When somebody asks you for advice, that's your cue. Ah, yeah? You want advice? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the advice. Look what the scriptures say. This is what the scripture says. Oh, but I'm lost. No, you're not. You were lost, but now you're found. Oh, man, but I can't see. No, you were blind, but now you could see. That's what the scripture says. And beginning at the scriptures. Oh, and by the way, let me tell you about the man Jesus, and let me tell you about the work of Jesus on the cross, so that today you receive salvation. 
That's the advice. Spirit. Good. 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 Spirit lead. Verse 36. As the worship team comes up. So now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see here is what? Divine appointment, isn't it? Desert, and there's water. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to tell you. Anyone thirsty? Jesus is living water. Anyone dry? Jesus is living water. Is, is your well not able to pump money? Oh, oh, oh money. <laughs> You're like, well, yeah. <laughs> God is your provider. Beginning at the scriptures, he provides. Your well, what? It's not producing water? That's because it's your well. Because his well, oh man, he produces living water. And the water that he gives you, oh man, it says that flows out of your belly. Oh man, that's right. See, here is water. Apparently. Philip explained the Christian baptism and how it identifies you and I with the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And another moment. So what hinders me from being baptized? This was his desire to be baptized. Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, when you preach, when you begin at the scriptures, when you give people Jesus, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. After hearing this message of Christ's sacrifice for sin, this man here responded to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Did you all know that when you obey the leading of the Holy Spirit, many, many will come to salvation? I look at you in the eyes today. And I see many of you in here. I can't see you all there, but you are. And you're here, and you're there. Because somebody, beginning at the scripture, taught you about Jesus. And you responded that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You responded with conviction to the Holy Spirit and that's why you're sitting here today. There's some of you who are here today 
And you didn't even know that person that walked into the store. You didn't even know that person that you encountered. And beginning at the scriptures, they taught you Jesus. And that's why you're sitting here today. And you got to be intentional to look for God at work. You got to look for it. Why? Because then you'll see it. You'll see it. Verse 38. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. And he baptized him. Now they came up out of the water. The type of baptism was by immersion of water here. The spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. This is the type of reaction that occurs when you and I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and we proclaim the gospel. People will rejoice. People will not even probably be able to explain what they're experiencing. All they can tell you is Jesus. All they can tell you is Jesus. Because they've experienced the grace of God. Because they have experienced the mercy of God. But Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. He never stopped. He went from a place of spiritual fertility to a barren area where he had to meet this dry man and give him a taste of Jesus the living water. And from there, the spirit takes him and moves him. And guess what he's doing again? He's going and making sure that he's what? Beginning at the scriptures and preaching Jesus. And that happens because Christ is aware of all the people that need him. Even though some might say or think or believe that, that they don't really need him, he's there. All you are challenged is to take up your cross and bring Christ to a world who is in so desperately need of him. You gotta allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and take every opportunity to preach Jesus. You see, church, a person that's not led by the Spirit will never notice, will never realize the real need that people have for Jesus. But the person who's filled with the Spirit of God and they are led by Him, they look at people differently. They don't see them in their current condition. But you know how they look at them? And how God can demonstrate his power in them. And did you know that when you and I ignore the leading of the Holy Spirit, did you all know that it can rob you and rob others of the many blessings that God wants to give? Moses. He missed missed the promised land when he got angry and 
struck the rock instead of speaking to it as God commanded. Rebecca, Jacob, they struggled with the effects of deception. The Galatians, the Galatians embraced a different gospel. You see, when you and I ignore the Spirit, when you and I ignore the leading of the Spirit, when you and I ignore sound doctrine, we turn to error. And how is that? False religion tells you that you can do or become something different in order to gain favor with God. But the gospel, beginning at the scripture, right? It says a different tale, a different story. It tells man that they are sinners, that they're lost, that they can't save themselves, that the only way to go to heaven is through the atoning or the sacrificial work of Jesus on that cross. 1 Timothy 1.15 This is a faithful, in other words, a trustworthy, sane, and worthy, or in other words, deserving of all acceptance. No doubt. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief, the worst. I invite you to stand to your feet. today that spirit you lead and may we follow may we obey may we be encouraged willing and attentive to your guidance and your leading may we not delay may we move as you move us may we never be so comfortable where we are at that we miss out where you are taking us, God. Father, may we never grow numb to the real need that others have of you, Christ Jesus. But that we would preach Jesus. That we would bring Christ to this world who is so desperately in need of a Savior. And I don't want to close this service without giving anybody the opportunity to make Christ 
your Lord and your Savior. And if you would just pray with us, church, you know, join us as we pray. God, I am a sinner. And on my own, I cannot get to you. But I believe that Jesus Christ is your son that came to this earth, lived a perfect life, went to the cross and shed his blood for my sins. He rose from the grave on the third day and now reigns at your right hand. So Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And I thank you because today I am yours and you are mine and my name is written in the book of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship for a little bit.